Hi everyone, thank you for tuning in today to my ministry, song, scripture, and my thoughts. Today is November 17th, 2023. We are fast approaching Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> oh, how time flies. Today's song recommendation is I Have Decided to Follow Jesus by Phil Wickham. Today, we are continuing in the book of Revelation. We are on chapter 14. And I will also incorporate into today's message from the book of Leviticus, chapter 10, verse 3, chapter 17, verse 11, chapter 18, verses 4 and 5, and chapter 20, verse 7. And I will also read from the book of Numbers, chapter 8 verses 14 and 16. I want to start us out by saying a prayer because some of us may need to be filled with the Holy Spirit afresh or perhaps some of us are empty and we need to be filled to the to overflowing. So this is this is a prayer to get us to where we need to be for when the, the Son of God returns. We have to have a, the, the perfect, we have to be in, we have to have our mind, our soul, our, our, our hearts ready for Him every day. So if you want to bow your heads and let's, let's pray. Dear Father, today we ask that you prepare our hearts for your Son's return. Help us to seek you with all of our hearts, minds, souls, and might. Help us to be filled with your Spirit afresh. If we're running empty, Father, fill us to overflowing with your Spirit. We also ask that you give us ears to hear your word today. To listen with new ears. And that we always give you our full attention. Help us to walk on the narrow road and to stay on the narrow road. Help us to remember every single day that we serve a holy God and that you are sanctifying us because we are to be holy as you are holy. We ask that you prepare us so when your son returns, we will be welcomed to the feast of the bridegroom. Prepare us. Oh, what a feast you, you're going to prepare for us. Help us to come into your presence with thanksgiving in our hearts. We ask for your anointing, that you anoint us all by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that you hear our prayers 
because you have said you hear the prayers of the righteous. And we know by your other promise that when two or three gather in your name, you hear. And we just ask for this afresh to be filled by your power. We glorify you, Father. Help us to remember always that we glorify you above all others. We ask for healing. Healing of our spirits and healing of our flesh by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 So, Revelation 14 is a very powerful chapter because it starts talking about the wrath of God. And we don't want to be included in that, do we? So let's start out in the book of Leviticus. I have finished the book of Leviticus. I'm in the book of Numbers. And let me tell you, I... Well, this is the first time that I'm reading from the book of the New King James Version from the beginning to the end. I've read from the New American Standard Bible and the New International Version, but this, well, I, I asked God to give me new, new ears and to hear his message for him to teach me something new as I started reading from this translation. And it's not much different from the New American Standard Bible. But when we ask God to give us new ears to hear something new, he sure does. I used to think, of the, few, the, the times that I've read the Bible from beginning to end, when I would get to the book of Leviticus or know that the book of Leviticus was coming up, I would like be, oh, that's probably the most boring book of the Bible. And this is how I was feeling. But he gave me new ears to hear. And I did not find the book of Leviticus to be boring this time. And you may be one that has never found that book to be boring. But I am one that is now, I, I loved the book of Leviticus. I loved it. I just did. And so let's, let's turn to chapter 3. Oh, excuse me, chapter 10, verse 3, says this. And Moses said to Aaron, This is what the Lord spoke, saying, By those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy, and before all the people, I must be glorified. Pause. Now these scriptures in Leviticus are preparing us to, as we prayed, to prepare us and to remember who God is. Not that we forget, but it's good to be reminded by the God of ages that he is holy and those that come near to him. And we are able to always come near to him. Those of us that are saved, that have confessed Jesus as our Lord and Savior and believe in our hearts, truly believe in our hearts 
that God raised him from the dead and that he ascended back into heaven where he was in the beginning. He sits at the right hand of the Father and he sent us his Holy Spirit to indwell us. So by Jesus coming down and teaching us about himself, we are able to know his heart and we need to know his heart. And so that's why it's important to, to read from the beginning. And again, by those who come near to me, come near me, I must be regarded as holy. And before all the people, I must be glorified. Let's turn to chapter 17 in Leviticus. And we will read verse 11. It says this, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. Pause. It used to be in the book of Leviticus, the foreshadowing was to sacrifice spotless animals. And that blood that was put upon the altar atoned for sins. It was enough for God to forgive once these sacrifices were made. But the true blood, the, the blood that could truly save us, is the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus atones for our sins and saves our souls. It is the blood of Jesus that makes atonement for our soul. We can't be we can't be saved any other way. We have to accept him as Lord and Savior and what he did and that blood that blood is what atones us and sanctifies us and makes us holy. So let's move over to chapter 18, verses 4 and 5. It says this. You shall observe my judgments and keep my ordinances to walk in them. I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which if a man does... He shall live by them. I am the Lord. Pause. Now the book of Leviticus gives us a lot of commandments and statutes and ordinances. Some were specific to the Israelites. But we must obey his commandments and his judgments and his statutes because he tells us to. We shall not only read, so have ears to hear, but also walk in them. And he's, he's taught us the same message in the New Testament. To not only read the Word of God, but to obey and to walk to live it, to live by the Word of God. 
So you shall observe my judgments and keep my ordinances and walk in them. I am Lord your God. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which if a man does, he shall live by them. I am the Lord. I just love that. Now, if we are saved by the blood of Jesus and we mess up, we quickly repent because the gospel of Jesus Christ is about repenting of our sins. We can't walk in our sins. We have to walk in, in his ordinances and his commandments and try to keep them the best we can. But once he atones for our sins, what we have sinned in the past, the present, and the future, he has made us clean. Because why? We're following him with all of our hearts, minds, souls, and might. And the quicker you come into repentance for having messed up, that shows God that you have the heart, a new heart of flesh and a heart of stone. And he has and continues to sanctify Let's turn to chapter 20, verse 7. It says this, Consecrate yourselves, therefore, consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am the Lord your God, and you shall keep my statutes and perform them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Pause. And when the Lord is sanctifying us, that means he has set us apart as a holy people. Those that believe in him and confess him and follow him. He, has, he sets us apart to be his holy chosen people. And he himself is sanctifying us. How beautiful. How beautiful that we have a Lord, God Almighty, that does that for us. Because he, he died on that cross for our sins because he knew we would never be able to get it 100% right. That's why his blood cleanses us. That's why his blood sanctifies us. That's why his blood has, is, has made us holy, makes us clean. On the other hand, those that are taking that for granted, they're not truly saved in their heart. This is how, what I believe, because the ones that are truly saved in their heart will feel really, really rotten for, for sinning. But we, when we repent, we know, we, we may sin, as we stand, but when we take, we take our step forward in repentance, we're continually sanctified, continually holy. He never takes that away from us. Those that believe in him with their heart and love him. We have to love him. So this is turned into a second half for me because 
I've had to finish this recording on November 19th, which is today's date. So I want to read a clip or a passage through the book of Numbers, chapter 8, verses 14 and 16. And then go over to Revelation chapter 14. And so if you want to turn to Numbers chapter 8, verse 14 says, Thus you shall separate the Levites from among the children of Israel, and the Levites shall be mine. Uh, verse 16, For they are wholly given to me from among the children of Israel. I have taken them for myself instead of all who open the womb, the firstborn of the children of Israel. Pause. The Levites, according to this, this, these verses in Numbers in chapter 8, God separates them out from the 12 tribes. So one of the tribes of Israel is Levi, and so he separates the Levites out, and he separates the Levites out for himself. So he changes his mind. At first he said that um, if we if we read in um, Leviticus, it'll say that the first male that opens the womb of the entire 12 tribes of Israel, that first male that opens the womb would be his. And here he says he's going to separate from the Israelites the Levites to be his instead of the, he says instead, let me find it here, I have taken them for myself instead of all who open the womb the firstborn of the children of Israel. Now I read that because in Revelation chapter 14, turn over there, there's 144,000 in the Lamb there that it talks about that are virgin men. And at first glance I thought, well, maybe it's some of these Levites that he separated out for himself. Certainly not the priests and high priests that were alive during the day when Jesus came, when Jesus was there because they wanted him killed. So those priests, you could only be a priest in the Israelite clan if you were a Levite. So those certainly are, are not the God's 144,000. And even the ones to this day that do this temple service, they are not, I, I believe, could not be the 144,000 virgin men. Even if they are virgins, they don't believe in Jesus Christ. So they still have the veil up. They're, the veil has not been torn in their lives. They are non-believers of Jesus Christ. But... I think to myself, could there be, or will there be, because God said that he pulls 144,000 out, could they be 
of the Levite clan. I don't know how big they are. They can't, they're not all priests and high priests. Uh, who knows who these 144,000 are in the book of Revelation? The chapter starts out, the lamb and the 144. I, I don't think, and there's just a lot of people that have different opinions here. I'm one of them, and I may change my mind down the road. I, you know, it just depends on, um, but for right now, as I just read that, I believe the 144,000 in from the chapter, I think it's seven. Let me look. Uh, where it says uh, the seal of Israel in chapter 7, yes. I believe that those are the uh, anybody that believes in Jesus Christ has the seal of God. And the 144,000 in chapter 14 are uh, they're different because they're vir virgin men. It specifically says virgin men. So who they are, I don't know, but could possibly be out of the tribe of the Israelites. Perhaps younger, uh, perhaps teenagers. I don't know. I'm just speculating. So um, it's just something to think about. I, I know for sure it is not the priesthood that is in Israel right now because they don't believe in Jesus Christ. Okay, let's get started in reading Revelation chapter 14. The Lamb and the 144,000. Then I looked, and behold, a Lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his Father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven, like the voice of many waters, and like the voice of loud thunder. And I heard the sound of harpists playing their harps. They sang, as it were, a new song before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders, and no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. These are the ones who were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. These were redeemed from among men, being first fruits to God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was never no deceit, for they are without fault before the throne of God. Pause. As we read through the Bible, in the book of Judges even, there, there are no, usually God doesn't say this about very many people, that from their mouth there is no deceit, for they are without fault. One of the apostles, oh gosh, I'll have to look that up and put it in the show notes. I believe his words of that apostle were, there is no deceit in him, but I will look it up. I'll put it here, apostle. Okay. So these are unique people. They're following the lamb. 
This is why I said before, the priests and high priests that are currently in Israel aren't following the Lamb. They're following their, their Torah, their, uh, oh geez, what is that other book that they invented? They're following that, and um, you probably know, the, know that book. I, I do not. Um, so, we're, we could only guess who these 144 unique virgin men are. So let's, let's continue going. Now there's three angels that sound alarms here. The proclamations of three angels. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give, him, give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. I'm going to pause there. Can you imagine? There's people still left on the earth, and they need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ for their eyes to open, for their ears to hear, for their heart to turn from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. And this angel's flying and proclaiming the gospel, the gospel of Jesus. And he's in the midst of heaven, having everlasting God. He has this everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth. And he says to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. And he's, he's loud, very loud. Everybody can hear him. And he says to fear God and give God glory. For the hour of the judgment has come. Now he's warning because when we, at the end of this chapter, there's a reaping. There's a reaping. So we'll get there in just a minute. But he's warning people right now to pick a side, to, to give God glory and only God. Fear God because judgment is coming. Worship the one who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and the springs, springs of water. Jesus Christ. Worship Jesus Christ. Okay, here comes the next angel. Verse 9. And another angel followed, saying, Babylon is falling, is fallen. That great city, because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication pause. I'm not going to say too much there because I don't know what the great city is. I know Jerusalem falls because it's a, it's a, it's not the, the true Jerusalem. When God comes, when Jesus comes back, he creates a new heaven and a new earth and he brings down the new Jerusalem. But I don't know if there's a lot of speculation of what country Babylon is. A lot of people think it's the United States. And I don't want to offer an opinion because I simply just do not know. But scripture tells us that whenever any nation would, in, would intermingle with another nation that was corrupt, they were harlots. They were prostituting themselves 
into believing another nation's evilness. And they did uh, just pure evil, other idols, other gods, people that think they're gods. And he, he later on tells his Israel, get out of there, get out of them, get out. So the third angel, verse 9, and the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night, who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Write, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. Pause. Okay, so this third angel follows the other two angels, and they're all... They're not being quiet. They're shouting with a loud voice what's coming. And this third angel says, if anyone, if anyone worships the beast in his image and receives his mark on his forehead or his hand, he shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. Now, there are, there are people that don't believe that this is a literal mark. And we read in the previous chapter, I believe that the mark is 666. I don't know if it's a literal mark. Or I should say, I don't know if it reads 666. But of course, it's demonic. It's very demonic. It's the mark of, of the devil. And... I know this to be true, that those that take this, this mark, they can't come back from it. So once you, you get marked, you've accepted evil in order to live, in order to get your food, in order to get your medications, in order to have fun. So many people took the COVID vaccine just to travel, just to work. This is, to me, a foreshadowing of how important is God? I'm not saying that the mark is the COVID-19 vaccine, but it's similar. Like, like it's a foreshadowing of what's coming and the, this mark. You don't want to take it because remember how this, this, um, this angel and this, this loud voice is coming from heaven for um, for anybody that takes this mark, the, you, you're not going to live. It's temporary. If you take this mark for your food or water or a fun time or your meds, 
You're not going to live forever because listen, the smoke, you're going to burn. <clears throat> Remember Sodom and Gomorrah, the brimstone in fire. He, you're going to be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels, in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of everybody's torment, they, you, you don't, nobody dies. The soul lives forever. You're going to be tormented forever and ever. And God, he's not a God that lies. He's, he's speaking truth here. So we understand ahead of time what not to do. He, and he says, blessed are those who, he says, right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. So we don't take the mark. And yes, we're going to die to this earth, to this, to this body, but our soul will live on forever and ever with Jesus Christ. And he says this, I just love it where he says this, here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. The commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. This is why I read scripture from from uh, Leviticus. We are to keep his commandments, his judgments, his ordinances as best we can and have the have faith in Jesus Christ. And when we are low, like it's the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in us, when our, our spirits are, are, are lacking, we cry out to God for more to fill us up. And we have to read the word of God in order to stay filled and stay in communication with Jesus to, to understand that this is the future. And we serve such a loving and gracious God. He sends three loud angels, one proclaiming Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. The second one warning that Babylon is fallen, that that great city, he gets rid of it. And the third one, with the loud voice, he's warning, if anyone worships the beast and his image, we've read about the beast and his image, the Antichrist and Satan. Whoever does that, he warns here, you'll be tormented forever and ever, forever and ever. So build up your faith, and that is a gift from God. Continuing your faith in Jesus and continue following his commandments. And he's saying right here, I'm commanding you, you know what? You better not take that mark. You're, you'll be eternally separated from me. And these angels that God sends, and it's important to, to hear this, uh, and it's important to know that this is for every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. It's not spe specific to any group of people. It's to everyone who lives on the earth. Uh, trying to find it here where it says. Oh, he heard a voice from heaven saying. So God is saying, write this. Write this down. 
and the Holy Spirit is saying yes to the people that have patience and don't take the mark of the beast and have persevered, that we will have rest from our labors and our works will follow us. Praise the Lord. Okay, going on to the reaping. This is the reaping the earth's har harvest. Then I looked and behold a white cloud and on the cloud sat one like the son of man having on his head a golden crown and in his hand a sharp sickle. Pause. Now this one is Jesus and he's got a sharp sickle. Verse 15, and another angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud. Trust, excuse me, thrust in your sickle and reap for the time has come for you to reap for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped, reaping the grapes of wrath. Then another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, he, he also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar, who had power over fire, and he cried with a loud cry to him who sat. Excuse me. And he cried with a loud cry to him who had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for the grapes are fully ripe. Pause. So the angel comes out from the altar and he tells the angel that has the other sharp sickle to thrust in his sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for the grapes are fully ripe. And so verse 19, so the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trampled outside the city and blood came out of the winepress up to the horse's bridles for 1,600 furlongs. Pause. So this angel with the sharp sickle, and excuse me that I'm fumbling my words. I'm just, I seem to have gotten good sleep last night, but I'm still just, um, I guess it would help if I had my Bible a little with my, uh, it, it's kind of dark in this room. But so this, this angel with the sharp sickle now, now Jesus has a sharp sickle, but we're reading here about the angel that has the other sharp sickle and he is he's gathering the clusters of the vine of the earth for her grapes are fully ripe and the angel thrusts in his sickle into the earth and gathers gathers all the evil people and throws them into the great wine press of the wrath of god can you can you imagine this wine press was trampled outside of the city and blood came out of the wine press 
up to the horses' bridles. And I, I believe that this is, that's how many evil people there are. That's how much blood, evil blood. And for 1,600 furlongs, I don't know how long a furlong is, but I'm sure it's a long, a lot of blood. We're going to go into chapter 15 next. It's a very, very short chapter. And this, that one will, it's a pre, prelude, prelude to the bold judgments. And some more plagues come. So we'll read that next time around. I'll go ahead and end there. Uh, very, very powerful chapter. And I just so believe that we just need to really think good and hard where we're at, where we stand. We have to love God and serve God keep his commandments and his statutes as best we can because of our love for him and we have to have this holy fear because he is God we shall fear him and serve him because the Lord our God is God of gods and Lord of lords he is the great God mighty and awesome and he does not show any partiality or take a bribe so because we serve such a such a God that gives us new mercies every single morning he's so gracious so very gracious and this is going my thoughts a little bit in this chapter where we read about the Israel of God. I don't want to ever overlook that during the Exodus, he held, because of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he held their descendants in a special group the children of Israel. Jacob was renamed Israel by God. And so only the 70 people that went to Egypt with Jacob, he took 70, there was 70 people at the time that went into Egypt because Joseph, one of the tribe of Israel, was there as second in command, and he took them, and he took them out of Egypt through the wilderness, and they were a very stiff-necked people. God wanted to take them out several times. 
But this, this group now lives in Israel. And we can't forget that they were the initial group in the physical of Israel who God takes out of slavery, out of Egypt. And we get to read about their journey in the book of Exodus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They certainly messed up a lot, and God got rid of a lot of, lot of Israelites, a lot of them, 20, in, 20 years old and older. He made sure they all perished before coming into the promised land. He kept uh, two, Caleb, and Joshua were the only two above 40 from, from those clans. Of course, Moses and Aaron as well. But not really. They, Aaron and Moses lived a little longer than the rest. But Aaron first dies and gets buried on top of a mountain. And then... Moses dies because God says, you, you messed up, Moses. I was reading about that, and I've read it before. Uh, let, me, let me find it here, because it's... Moses pleaded with God to let him see the promised land. And so he ends up, God ends up having him go to the mountaintop to see where he could have gone had he not messed up. So in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 3, beginning at verse 23, Then I pleaded with the Lord at that time, saying, O oh Lord God, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand for what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do anything like your works and your mighty deeds. I pray let me cross over and see the good land beyond the Jordan, those pleasant mountains and Lebanon. But the Lord was angry with me on your account and would not listen to me. So the Lord said to me, Enough of that. Speak no more to me on this matter. Go up to the top of Pisgah and lift your eyes toward the west, the north, the south, and the east. Behold, behold it with your eyes for you shall not cross over. Cross over the Jordan. But but command Joshua, and Joshua will... Um, I stopped reading. So Joshua was commanded to lead the, the people across the Jordan into the Promised Land. So not even Aaron or Moses made it into the Promised Land. So God, he held to his to his he didn't change his mind the only two above 40 that he took over across the jordan was Caleb and Joshua so we we have to be obedient to God and we're not going to get struck down if we if we don't obey uh, now, uh, scratch that. 
we're not going to get struck down if we sin. Because if we believe in Jesus and his, that his blood atones for our sins, then because we sin, we don't need to be delivered again. He's already delivered us. And because we sin doesn't mean that we need to be delivered again and again and again and again. No. His blood atones for our sins. And we need to repent of our sin. We repent because we love him. He died on the cross and sacrificed himself on the cross because of his love for us because he knew he wouldn't get it right. So just because a person sin doesn't mean that God needs to deliver them out of sin again. We need to, to make sure. Now, if you have, I've said this so many times, if you have the belief in just the intellectual belief and it has not reached your heart, then yes, you need deliverance and you need to be saved. So, as we come into the week of Thanksgiving, we have to go into his presence with Thanksgiving in our heart. I probably won't do a Thanksgiving message. I generally do one every year. I don't know if I will have uh, a quiet time to do that. We shall see. It might be a day late, maybe. Uh, so I, I do wish everybody a, a happy Thanksgiving. And as you sit at your dinner table or even just preparing the food or spending time with family, count your blessings. Even if you're going through it and you're, you have an illness or you have something, something that's just not right in your life, count your blessings. Cry out to God. Be thankful. Be thankful in all things because he tells us to be thankful in all things. And just take that time to be thankful to God first for all that he's given. Look around you and see all your blessings. And if some of your blessings can't be with you, they're still your blessings. I have um, somebody in my life that, like on a specific day, hold on one moment. <laughs> Sorry for the noise, creaky floor, but the fan just came on, so I'm try trying to cover it. So I have a, a person that takes literally a, a a day that the, the world has deemed a specific day, for instance, Mother's Day or Thanksgiving Day or Father's Day or whatever day, you know, those days when you have to spend time with the person according to the world and, and they've deemed a day Mother's Day or, or whatever. And I think that these are, this is the world that's given these dates. And I think mostly so we can buy gifts 
but it puts a lot of guilt on people if they can't be somewhere on a specific day, a specific holiday. But we have to let, we have to free ourselves of thinking like that because every day should be a special day. And every time we get together with family is a special day. So you can take all the holidays that God, not that God, that the people have made into a holiday and rejoice and be glad in that day. And stop if you're having people feel guilty about seeing, seeing you on a day or the people that have the guilt on them because they can't see, for instance, their mom or their dad on a specific day or on Thanksgiving day. Stop with that guilt. God doesn't want us to feel that way. He wants us to be thankful every day for our parents, thankful every day and be, and have a, be thankful in our heart every day. So I, I just had that on my heart today because I know a lot of people go through so much guilt. Even with me, I'm not, I wasn't able to see my mom last Thanksgiving or this Thanksgiving day. She's, she's got uh, other plans and, and I have to, to be okay with that because I do see her on a lot of other days. So I will see her around Thanksgiving because I, I just love to spend time with her. And I want to spend time with loved ones whenever I can. I will do this. But guilt trips, I'm done with them. And I put them on myself. And I, I, I don't know if you do the same thing. Or put guilt trips on someone else because they can't be with the family because of where they live. So enjoy quality time this Thanksgiving and just be thankful for those that are at your table and for those that couldn't be at your table. And I have said to loved ones, to my daughters, that I don't require them to come and see me on Mother's Day. I don't require them to do anything like that. I don't want them to feel guilty. Because when we get together, we have special quality time each and every time. It, that's just what I've done. But you know, you can tell people and tell people and tell people not to put guilt trips on themselves for not seeing somebody on a specific holiday that the world has deemed a special day but they they don't listen they they just anyway i i just wanted to t just touch on that just a little bit because it's okay if you can't see, be somewhere on a specific day it's okay Blessings are with you. Blessings blessings that God has given you. There's so many blessings. So you look around and you see who could who who made it and you reach out to the people that couldn't make it with nothing but love in your heart. So your loved ones can enjoy their day with their spouses or 
with their in-laws. On another note, I wanted to make sure I had this correction in place. I had mentioned that uh, for a couple of times about the Israelites being having to be 40 and older. Uh, that was a fumbling of my words. 20 years and older died, did not cross over to the promised land. The only two that were older than 20 were Caleb and Joshua. If there were any other fumbling of my words, this is actually the third day that uh, it took me three days to complete this message because I haven't had um, the opportunity to be in a room where I could have a quiet. I can only do these in, in the, in, during those times. Anyway, have a great and awesome holiday weekend. And remember that people, the world, deemed this holiday, not God. So just be thankful for your blessings every single day. All the glory to God. Much love to all. Until next time. Bye.